Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Keeping Sight of Adherence with VEGF-Targeted Therapy, Individualized Dosing Strategies to Improve Care for Neovascular AMD. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an independent medical education grant from Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, Incorporated. Hello, I'm Dr. Adam Wenick, an assistant professor of ophthalmology and the director of the Vitrio Retinal Fellowship Program at the Wilmer Eye Institute at Johns Hopkins University. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Wenick. Can you talk to us about some of the challenges you encounter as a retinal specialist when it comes to treatment adherence with intravitreal VEGF targeted agents? The current treatments for neovascular AMD carry with them a high treatment burden with need for frequent administration of anti-VEGF therapy. Marina and Anchor were the landmark clinical trials showing efficacy of anti-VEGF therapy for the treatment of neovascular AMD. Dranibizumab was dosed every four weeks. At the 24-month endpoint, patients in the treatment arms had a 20-letter greater visual acuity than the control groups. However, less than monthly dosing in Horizon showed that visual acuity gains were not maintained during the two-year extension study. Pyrenex site, which employed quarterly ranibizumab treatment, did not show the robust visual acuity gains that were seen in Marina and Anchor. In the setting of trials where dedicated study coordinators help manage patient visits, there's a high compliance rate with visits and treatment. However, in the real-world clinical setting, visits for anti-VEGF therapy are frequently missed. The most common cited barriers for continued anti-VEGF therapy include pain, anxiety about the injections, frequency of visits, and logistics of travel for visits. Counseling of patients prior to initiation of anti-VEGF therapy is critical for maintaining patient compliance. I often describe the most common response after a first treatment is that patients did not feel that things were as bad as they thought it would be. Following the injections, we rinse the ocular surface to minimize the post-injection discomfort and encourage patients to use artificial tears as well as ointment. Managing patient expectations from the beginning is also important in ensuring ongoing compliance with treatment. I typically indicate to patients that they will have to get injections likely for the rest of their lives. In the next session, we will discuss as-needed treatment regimens that can minimize the number of intravitreal injections needed while still maintaining visual acuity. Can you give us an overview of the as-needed dosing regimen and shed some light on which patients would make good candidates for this regimen? As-needed dosing regimens were the first alternatives to monthly dosing that were shown to give non-inferior treatment results compared to monthly dosing in randomized clinical trials. In these treatment regimens, monthly visits are still required, but after three loading doses of the anti-VEGF agent, injections are only given if disease activity is noted at the monthly visit for assessment. Both the comparison of anti-VEGF treatment trial, CAT, as well as IVAN clinical trials demonstrated that as-needed treatment was not inferior to monthly treatment with ranibizumab with less clear results regarding non-inferiority with bevacizumab seen in CAT. In my clinical practice, as-needed treatment regimens have provided excellent results to patients. 
patients getting as-needed treatments are what I would consider the legacy patients who've been getting anti-VEGF agents for five to 10 years before newer anti-VEGF agents that are longer acting and before newer treatment regimens such as treat and extend were explored. The other circumstance that I use are in patients who strongly feel that they'd rather have more frequent visits with fewer injections rather than minimizing clinic visits. These are often patients that live close to the clinic and really find it quite easy to make it into a clinic for evaluation. In the next session, let's discuss extended fixed dosing regimens for anti-VEGF therapy. Now I'd like to highlight extended fixed dosing. How did this dosing strategy come about? With the introduction of potentially longer-acting anti-VEGF agents, extended fixed dosing was explored. The first of these trials were the VIEW-1 and VIEW-2 trials, looking at treatment of neovascular AMD with aflibercept. In VIEW-1 and VIEW-2, non-inferiority was shown with every four-week and every eight-week aflibercept compared to ranibizumab. Similarly, the Hawk and Harrier trials showed the efficacy of extended fixed dosing with brolucizumab. In these clinical trials, OCT central subfield thickness often fluctuated with greater thickness in the monthly visits after therapy was not given. While the acuity results were equivalent at the end of the clinical trial, it's not clear if this fluctuating fluid will have longer-term visual consequences. The newest agent for which extended fixed monthly dosing was examined is furisimab, which is a bispecific antibody binding to both VEGF and angiopoietin-2. In the Tanaya and Lucerne trials, extended fixed dosing ranged from 8 to 16 weeks based on patient and OCT characteristics. In both studies, the majority of patients could be extended to 12-week dosing with approximately 45% extending to dosing at every 16 weeks. More recently, high-dose 8-milligram aflibercept was shown to give good results with extension of treatment interval to both 12 and 16 weeks. Should high-dose aflibercept gain FDA approval, it would offer patients similar to furisimab, the longest treatment interval that we've seen to date with anti-VEGF therapy. Depending upon the agent employed and patient characteristics, fixed dosing regimens can extend treatment out to as far as 16 weeks. During the early days of the pandemic, these treatment regimens were frequently employed and should be considered currently for patients who might have more barriers to making it in for visits. Clinic visits can also be streamlined by obviating the need for imaging at each visit using these treatment regimens. There are also good treatment regimens for patients who have difficulty with imaging. In the next session, let's discuss treat and extend dosing regimens for anti-VEGF therapy. Let's focus on the treat and extend approach. How is this approach implemented in clinical practice, and what are some benefits of implementing this approach? This treatment regimen is often employed to minimize the treatment burden for patients with neovascular AMD. After these monthly loading injections and once disease activity is quiet, spacing between visits is then gradually increased, often by two-week intervals. Injections are given at each visit, 
And the next visit interval is based on vision and OCT characteristics at that current visit. There is some variability in practice patterns amongst retina specialists with regards to whether any fluid can be tolerated in a treat and extend regimen. I'm comfortable maintaining the treatment interval if small amounts of intraretinal or subretinal fluid are present with stable acuity and no signs of hemorrhage. I only feel comfortable extending the time between visits if there's stable acuity, no fluid, no change in pigment epithelial detachment height, and no signs of hemorrhage. The treatment interval should be shortened if increased fluid of any kind, increased pigment epithelial detachment height, or any signs of hemorrhages are noted. For ranibizumab, aflibercept, and bevacizumab, treatment intervals are often extended only to 12 weeks, with some retina specialists extending to 16 weeks. With a strict treat and extend regimen, patients undergo lifelong anti-VEGF therapy. Retina specialists have also begun to use a treat and extend pause or stop regimen. With this treatment regimen, when patients make it to the 12 or 16 week interval with no signs of disease activity, the transition is made to an as needed regimen with follow-up in four to six weeks. With the introduction of perisimab, with longer treatment duration, as well as longer extension of four instead of two weeks during Tenaya and Lucerne, retina specialists will need to decide how to incorporate this new agent in their treat and extend regimens. In the next session, a patient will discuss their personal experience of treatment burden with anti-VEGF therapy related to neovascular AMD care. Thanks for joining us today, Mr. Virgilio. After receiving your diagnosis with neovascular AMD in the fall of 2021, how did you feel when the doctor said, we're going to have to give you intravitreal injections? Well, terrified is the word, really. The idea of a needle coming at my eye was kind of anxiety-provoking. But I have a good friend who told me he had been getting injections in his eye and that the most I would feel would be a little pinch That's great to hear. What impact did it have on your day-to-day life? I'm an avid reader, and my diagnosis kind of impacted my daily routine. I asked my doctor what would happen if I just didn't do anything, and he explained that my eye would probably deteriorate, and there was a chance that I could go blind. So initially, you had some fear and anxiety about receiving the anti-VEGF injections. What were some things your doctor said or did for you to help you overcome your fear? Being open to questions, he took the time, he explained how he would do the injection, that it was with a small needle, that my eye would be numb and I would probably feel nothing more than a pinch. And I didn't feel anything, really. I don't have any anxiety associated with getting the shots now. How many injections have you had up until now, and how is it being dosed? I've had 11 injections. It initially started every four weeks. Just recently, we went six weeks because my eye showed no fluid at all. After six weeks, they showed a little bit of fluid, so we went back to the four weeks. He explained to me that if the problem cleared up within three to four shots, that I wouldn't need to continue. If it didn't, then I would probably need injections every month, and that's the case. According to one survey of patients receiving intravitreal injections, 
70% of patients responded that the doctor-patient relationship is the greatest motivator of adherence. So Mr. Vigilio, what can doctors do to build great relationships with their patients? Explain the consequences that a patient would have if he or she didn't get the injections and take the time to answer questions. That was the most important thing to me because I had a lot of anxiety. You mentioned that you love traveling with your wife. Any travel plans in your future? If so, how are you going to work around receiving your eye injections? We were planning a trip to South America, and my doctor told me that he could give me a recommendation that came through, and I contacted the doctor in South America there to ask him whether or not he would be available if I needed a shot. That kind of patient-centered care goes a long way to help patients preserve their vision. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.